Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Money Talks. My name is Hugh Meyer. Hope you're doing well. Remember, we are connecting thought leaders and entrepreneurs who are going to deliver actionable advice to you, small business owners and other and entrepreneurs as well. Very excited to have my guest here today. She's a CFO. She is an executive coach, a speaker, and author, and president of Cathedral Capital in Fort Worth, Texas. Brooke Lively, how you doing, Brooke? I am awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Hugh. Thank you for being here. It's great to have you. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your background, please? Like, how long do you want this? Do you want the long version or do you want the <laughs> elevator pitch? Um, whatever, you, I, I, whatever you're comfortable giving. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like you said, my name's Brooke Lively. I'm the founder and president of Cathedral Capital, and we are a group of um, fractional CFOs. And we really think of ourselves as financial Sherpas. The whole entrepreneurial journey is like climbing a mountain. Right. It's, it's beautiful. It's inspiring. It's uh, challenging. It's dangerous. It's terrifying. And it's all wrapped into one. And, and, you know, I think about um, climbing Mount Everest and Sir Edmund Hillary. And he did not climb Mount Everest by himself. He had a Sherpa named Tenzig Norgay who helped him, who guided him, who told him what to expect and, and who carried the heavy load for him. And that's what we do for our clients. So I, I think of us as financial Sherpas. Um, you asked a little bit about my history. Um, I read a study probably 30 years ago, that the average woman will have seven careers wow. in her lifetime. <laughs> Not seven jobs, seven careers. And I got to say, and actually it said five to seven. I'm totally on track for that. <laughs> you know, my first career was ski bomb. Then there was retail. <laughs> and um, I went back to grad school late and was running a company for my family. And we hired a consultant to come in and help us with sales and marketing. And his clients started coming to me and saying, can you do for us what you're doing for your family? And that was when I discovered that especially professional services companies, they're not running anything by the numbers. They've gone to school. They're well-educated. They know how to provide their service, whatever it is, but no one ever taught them about business. No one ever taught them about running a company. So my deal is it doesn't have to be so hard. And I hate that those entrepreneurs, that those business owners are suffering in silence and are afraid of their numbers. That's great. No, appreciate that. And I, I love the, uh, the Mount Everest analogy. Um, it's, it's so true. Maybe, maybe talk a little bit about, about, you know, what your process is at Cathedral Capital. If someone comes to you, kind of take us through that. So people usually come to us because there's something wrong. There's, there's, there's a pain point somewhere. So whether it's um, I'm, I'm not as profitable as I want to be, or I'm having cash flow problems or something like that. And, and what we do, we have a large toolbox. We have all these things at our disposal but we are not rigid about what we give clients because we want to meet clients exactly where they are. And so I kind of use the analogy of a dam. And, and I think about the little Dutch boy who like put his fingers in the dam 
do you know that story? Some people don't. Um, we go in, we look at this leaking dam and we plug the biggest hole. And then once we've plugged that one, we plug the next one and the one after that and the one after that. So it's um, usually in the first month, we look for a small change that'll have a big effect because we need a quick win and you need to feel some relief. Right. Um, and then we'll also find one that's a little more difficult to fix that will probably take a couple of months, but will have a huge impact. That's great. I mean, I, I can't imagine the, 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 the myriad of, of different issues that you've, uh, that you get to get to work on, um, on a daily basis, uh, from one thing to the next. So, um, thank you for that. So obviously last year was, as we all know, we don't, we, we don't want to relive it, but it was extremely difficult. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we were January, February, everything seemed okay. Then all of a sudden we know what happened in March and then through the rest of the year. Exactly. Maybe kind of take us through how you were managing through that in your, your own business and how you were talking clients through, you know, what was obviously an extremely difficult time. Well, I think when it first started, no one knew what to expect. We didn't know what was going to happen with the economy. We didn't know what was going to happen with clients. We, we knew nothing. And so as a company, we came out really early on and said, we've got to be proactive. So we told people to call the people who have their car note and suspend payments. Do the same thing with your mortgage. Call the call your um, landlord, renegotiate, you know, to either stop those payments for a certain amount of time and catch up late, like whatever it is. Um, I ate my own dog food. And so clients were like, how long is this going to take? I'm like, well, I can tell you. My mortgage company took three hours. My car took 20 minutes. Like, I did. I sat there for an entire day. I called my bank and got my lines of credit extended. I did everything I could to be as proactive as possible to retain cash. Right. We found that most of our clients had a big dip in March, April, and then they really started to come back later on in the year. I think that the businesses that were affected by this was really striated. Like, I, th I think that professional services weren't hurt as much. Right. I think you can really see the difference in our economy, the difference in the, in the different socioeconomic levels really coming out in this. Um, restaurants who generally have lower paid employees were really hit hard. And I think that was a segment of the economy in general, I think there were a lot of businesses with lower paid employees that were hit hard. And that's yeah. tough. No question. And as you were, you know, obviously dealing with all of these different discussions with your clients, did you see, I guess, and you saw obviously the turn, we saw a turn kind of during the summer. Would you call it, do you see any maybe blessings in disguise as far as, as you're meeting with business owners and this, all this happens, were there any, you know, big changes for the positive that you were able to help people through as, you know, we, all these things were kind of coming down? Well, I mean, I think there were, there were a few that we can't claim. Like, for instance, if you touched the internet in any way, shape or form, 
your business was on fire. So we had a guy that sells food over the internet. He did less than 2 million last year. He did just north of 16 this year. Wow. Yeah. And, and I know everyone's like, oh my God, I would love to go from 2 million to 16 million. That does have its own set of problems in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> you know, things like, so sorry, can't ship anything else this month. We're out of boxes because there's a national box shortage. Right. Um, and it just, it takes a lot of cash to grow. So like, I can't say that we were the cause of the big increase, but we definitely helped him manage it. Um, I think there were some other clients that really took the opportunity to look at their business and, and evaluate it. So we've got a, a guy in the Midwest that did big trainings and he would have people come into his office and we've been talking to him. We're like, we need to do some of these virtually. Last year we were talking about that. And he was like, no, it really works better when I can see their faces right. and, and, and I need to keep doing these in person. Well, you know, March rolls around. Yeah. We're only allowed to say, I told you so once. So we got the, <laughs> I told you so. We've been talking about this. I told you so um, out. And then really helped him look at his business and designed courses online revamped a whole lot of stuff, his business actually got bigger in 2020 because he did this. And so one of his big clients is Purdue. Okay. And, and he went to Purdue and said, the, the chicken people, not the college. And so, so he goes to the, the chicken people and said, okay, here are your options. You can you know, defer, you can do this, we can do online. They doubled their spend with them. Wow. Because what they said was, we can put more people through your program. We love your program. But taking like whole days and going to you was really hard on productivity. The way you've designed this now by Zoom, they could put more people through. Right. And so he really met their needs better. And had the pandemic not happened, he never would have known that his clients... You know, sometimes you don't know what you need until, what was it? Henry Ford that said, if, if I built what everyone was asking for, I would have built a faster horse. Right. Yeah. It, you know, our client was forced to build something completely new that turned out was so much better than what he had before. That's yeah. I, I love those stories. You know, I, I wish there were more of them. I'm sure hopefully we'll, we'll hear more of them um, as you know, time goes, but yeah, there are, that's what I love when I'm talking to, you know, my guests who, you know, themselves are entrepreneurs and small business owners. And I love hearing the positive stories out of, you know, their, how, how they've helped their clients last year and how they've made, you know, in many cases, subtle changes to their business models and, you know, to your, to your your story you were just telling how you this you just had this hockey stick kind of growth that that came from yeah, on from, from from the adversity and and, I, and it happened in our company too we i travel a ton right i got grounded my team laughed they're like you know we haven't called your office and had you answer every single day like this in we don't know when and so there I was, but in seat at my desk for however many hours a day, I really doubled down on marketing and on, on social media. And that, 
that has been amazing for us just because of the connection. Right. And in the fact that we feel like we're giving back because we put a lot of stuff on social media that people can go and actually execute. Or, you know, I sat on Facebook for hours and hours just answering people's questions about the PPP. That's great. Yeah, let's talk. Yeah, I was, it's funny because I was going to actually talk to, or ask you a little bit about that. Um, mm-hmm. So you have a crystal ball there. Um, yes, talk I about. Do. <laughs> That's good to know. I'm going to rely upon you more often. So talk, talk about what you, you know, how you, I guess, how that all kind of came to fruition as far as, you know, realizing you needed to do more marketing and leveraging social media, maybe talk for a few minutes about kind of that process and, and how that's unfolded. I think that I knew we needed more marketing and we needed more social media. I think it was a matter of finding the time in the calendar. Right. And so, you know, you're talking about the hidden blessings. My planes all got grounded. My trips all got canceled. So all of a sudden, these blocks of time opened up. Right. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of people took the first couple of months of the pandemic and really looked at their business and what's sustainable, what's not, what's working, what's not, what do we need to cut, where do we need to double down? I mean, it was kind of like a introspection and, yeah. and a reset. And I think that a lot of people really benefited from that. Yeah, no question. I mean, we've all, no matter like yourself, you who traveled quite a bit, you know, going into the pandemic, and now, obviously, not as much, but I'm sure at some point it'll pick back up. You really made, you know, excellent use of that time to figure out, you know, how else can I market myself? What other avenues can I explore? You know, obviously, social media um, is quite a, you know, it's a rabbit hole in itself. Um, yes. You know, that's I mean, are what- you on Clubhouse? Talk about a rabbit hole. That thing's going to suck you down forever. There yeah. I am at 11 o'clock at night in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still, I'm on it as well. I'm, I'm still trying to, I mean, I get it. I, I mean, there's, I, I've been very fortunate to be connected with some pretty sex, successful entrepreneurs that I've actually had on the podcast mm-hmm. that are on Clubhouse. So, what, you know, I'm always of this, of this perspective, you know, follow the smart people, follow the money, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And they really believe in it. You know, there's this talk now of, you know, audio is really being, you know, currency in this kind of world we're working in now. So yeah, I, I'm still trying to make my way through it. Um, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, there, there, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> the there the is. I, I, was, I was in a room that you would have loved, and I can't remember what the guy's name was, but the, it was the founder of Podit. Okay. And it was nothing, but you need to go find this room. It was nothing but fighting people up on stage and, and, and it was, he was making connections. What are you looking for? And so you got up and you say, I have a podcast and this is what I'm looking for. And um, other people were getting up and saying, this is what I talk about. I'm looking for podcasts and he was making connections left and right. I love, see that I love, I mean, I think that's, that's tremendous and that's what it should be about, but it's, it's very quickly becoming another place for <laughs> famous people and, you know, multi-billionaire people to almost talk about themselves and things that they're interested in. I like, you know, I like trying to find the smaller rooms 
uh-huh. you know, under a hundred people, or maybe you get a chance to talk yeah. <laughs> and try to offer some value to every, you know, other people in the room. So I will tell you, so like, this is totally down a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine has the longest running, um, room on clubhouse. Oh, wow. In history. Yeah. And they've got a club called why all of a sudden do I not, uh, what it takes to run a million dollar business. And they have lots of rooms under that club. I think you might really like it. Okay. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And they uh, tend to be smaller rooms. They tend to be a hundred people and under, and usually they're having people ask questions or no, so. that's great. And um, I'm sure our, our audience will be appreciative of that. And, you know, I've tried to extend an invite to people that actually want to be involved because, uh, you know, obviously there's been a real uh, fire lit with Clubhouse. Um, yeah. Thank you. And thank you. Know, thank you for you know talking about that a little bit. That, that's super helpful. Talk about um, maybe give us your 30,000 foot view, if you will, of, you know, where you kind of see small business and small business owners kind of, as we go into a new year, I guess, what are some thoughts you may have as far as, you know, what, what people could be working on trends you're seeing, you know, what kind of things you're having to, to kind of work on this year? So I think my team right now is really working on the second round of the PPP. Right. We have very few clients um, because of the space we're in we don't have a lot of clients that apply that are eligible. We do have a lot of clients going really, really, really. Can't we? (laughs) We're like, no accounting. Accounting doesn't work that way. I can't move it like that. Um, So just a quick reminder for anyone that doesn't know uh, less than 300 employees, I think 25% decrease in any uh, quarter versus the same quarter of last year. Or of 2019. Right. Um, so, but, but it's still, we still get questions about it. So we're spending a lot of time discussing that. I don't know if you know or not, if you did not get the full 10,000 idle grant, if you're down 30% and live in a disadvantaged area, you can go back and get another bite at that. Right. So, um, so I think that, that for those businesses that are still hard hit, that are 25 to 30% down, I think there, there are a lot of opportunities, whether it's going back and getting another bite at the idle grant, whether it's the second round of the PPP, I think there are other grants out there and other programs that, that you should be looking at. If you are one of the lucky businesses that wasn't down, you know, enough to qualify for that. So your business is down or maybe it's up. Um, you really have, have to look at options. So I was talking to, I, I'm a member of EO entrepreneurs organization and I was, um, teaching a class last week, this week. Yes, this week. (laughs) And it was open to everybody worldwide. So there was this member from Sri Lanka and he was asking me questions. He's like, I don't know how to plan for the year. And I said, sometimes planning for the year is about good, better, best. So are we looking at, like, what are we looking at? If the country stays closed as it is now, and we stay in lockdown, 
let's call that good. I said, so do forecasts for good, for the lockdown scenario. Then do forecasts for better. Better is a partial lockdown. What's it going to look like? How will your marketing change? How will your clients change? How will your projects change? And then look for a, and then do one for best. And what it looks like if everyone has a vaccine and we open up. And realistically, we're going to be in lockdown for the first probably third of the year. And then we're going to be right. in partial lockdown for the second third. And then that last four months, theoretically, everyone that needs a vaccine or wants a vaccine will have had one. So, so we'll be open again. I said, so look at, at the year that way. I said, and the nice thing about it is if you do the projections for all three all the way through the year, you can kind of just take the widget out and say, oh, look, we're going to be in full lockdown for six months. So let me just swap out those months. And, um, and I think that that's what a lot of people need to do. I, I don't love the phrase the new normal, but I do think we need to be realistic about what's going to happen this year and be really analytical about, about what your possibilities are and what your options are. Brooke, that was amazing. Thank you for that uh, that that segment there. That was chock full of a lot of extremely helpful points and you know thoughtful advice for the, for our audience out there. So thank you for that. You you know you're clearly a tremendous resource to not just your clients but to anyone you know who really you know would need your services. And you know to your point of having that discussion with that with that individual from Sri Lanka, um, I really love that that concept that you just went through. I think a lot of people could get, you know, a great deal of, of value from that. So thank you. Pleasure. I love the good, better, best thing. Um, we do it in our own business because we have these big goals, but sometimes the big goal is scary. And what if right. we don't make the big goal? And um, have you talked about BHAGs before? I have not. <gasps> oh my gosh. Well, here we go. More, here, more to talk about. Here we go. So a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go, okay. go on. <laughs> yeah. So, so the BHAG, so like sometimes you have like a one year kind of BHAG and it, and it is big, hairy, audacious and scary. Right. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I can really commit to that. And then there's like the goal where, you know, you can hit it in your sleep. And so I, those, those are my good and my best. And then what's that better that we know if we push, we can probably hit that. And I love, I, so I love having a good, better, best. That's yeah. I mean, that's a really an excellent, um, like I said, thought process and, and great microcosm into what you do and how you work with clients. Cause that's, you know, that's gotta be super helpful and you're being thoughtful and realistic, you know, and trying to say, yeah, you know, we can, maybe you can hit these, you know, big, hairy, audacious goals. But if you don't, you know, here's B and C, if you will. And that, that this is also positive, but be prepared that this could, we, you know, like you said, we don't know how, the, how everything's going to unfold this year. You know, mm -hmm. we think it's going to be better, but we don't know. Yeah. And yeah, preparing right. for that's all right. eventualities. Absolutely. Uh, that's that's, that's No. Or but, daunting. Uh, <laughs> or intimidating. <laughs> uh, after last year, we can handle anything. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I think we have all 
it got an immense amount of resiliency that we may not have realized we had. Before. Yeah, no, no question. That's the one thing, you know, one of the things I've always talked about and, and other guests have brought up is, you know, we're as we as Americans are a lot more resilient week than we give ourselves credit for. Um, but yeah, you're definitely seeing that. So, uh, you know, thank you for bringing that up. I always allow my guests, um, cause I'm, I'm so grateful to have them on to pepper me with a question or two, because I, I spent so much time, uh, making them talk. So I wanted to g- give you the mic for a second and, uh, feel free to, uh, uh, ask away. All right. So here's what I really want to know from you. You've had all these people on, you've been so active in the past year. What has been the best nugget or the best piece of advice that you've gotten since the beginning of the pandemic? What's had the most impact on you? Yeah, no, thank you for that. And I, I will say that you know, our last, you know, you and I were just discussing a few minutes ago is, is way up on the list now. Um, so I, I like winning. I'm, no, I, 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 I'm being honest. I, I, I have not heard that thought process before, but it, it's, it's brilliant. And, you know, I, listen, I can use that talking to, you know, cause that, that what you're just talking about translates to so many you know, businesses and relationships and partnerships with people. Um, it, it's in, in across business, you know, across industries, businesses, whatever we're working on personal business to have that kind of step plan stepped out. And um, so, yeah, th- th- that's definitely uh, way up on my list. I, I think prior to our discussion, I think that, you know, I had, I had a podcast. I was, like I said, I'm, I'm very fortunate to, to, to have some pretty successful people um, on the show. And one of those people was on, maybe it was July or August. And we were really talking about this change into the digital world, which essentially what we were talking about is how, if you're a small business owner, and this was back in July, so obviously in August, so things are obviously still very difficult, um, yeah. and they still are to make in many right. extents. But I do uh, adjusting, yeah, exactly. You know, it's a little bit better, obviously. But the point was, is if you were a business owner, a small business owner, an entrepreneur, in most cases, you know, last year was was horrific, and in, in the majority of cases, it, you know, w- one minute you're in business, and the next minute, you know, you may be out of business, and and what happened was, is we've kind of left this brick and mortar and we were already kind of on our way, analog world, if you will. Yeah. And COVID accelerated this move. And I wrote about this into the digital world. Mm-hmm. So for me, that really crystallized, not only for me in terms of what, I, what was going on, but how I could best communicate to people who are watching this or other business owners or other guests of mine to say, you know, we have to have this understanding that the digital world has now been fast forwarded. We need to understand that there are better ways digitally to run our businesses that may not only keep us in business, but to, you know, to your points of, of your other stories you talked about with your clients, like going from here to here in our growth, like just making these changes. So I felt that having that understanding and writing about what the digital world means to people is very important. I, I think you're so right about the, the digital world and, and, and the way it's impacting people. Um, 
I read somewhere that we made 10 years of progress yep. in moving to digital in like, you know, three months. And, and then I think that, you know, I've had Zoom for years. Like that wasn't right. a new thing for me. Um, we did move more clients to it than we had before. But I also think about people like my parents who are 76 and 78. Man, they can get on a Zoom call. They can run it. They can set them up. They're like, it's amazing how you can connect with people now in a way that was hard to do a year ago. And, and it's not just the businesses that it's, that it's touching. And as, as hard as it is to not be able to see family and friends in person, this digital does allow you to see family and friends that maybe you wouldn't have been able to see before because we live too far away. Right. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. So I want to ask you really quickly, now that, you know, because you, you obviously you traveled quite a bit pre, yeah. pre, pre, you know, pandemic. Nothing was better than being on an airplane. <laughs> it was my happy place. <laughs> so, yeah, so I wanted to ask you, so all right, let, let's say fast forward, you know, you get your vaccinations, things seem to be a little bit calmer here, air travel gets back to some I guess more normal sense. Are are you going to kind of go back to your, I guess call it old ways or your old kind of how you your travel? Or I mean, are you gonna balance that? I mean, what's your thought there? So I've always run a virtual company from day one. So we've been virtual for you know the seven, eight years we've been around. Um my business travel was to go connect with employees. Okay. Because I think occasionally, you know, an in-person connection, I had an employee that I didn't meet once for three years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So like, here's this person that you, that in some ways, you know, so intimately, but you've never actually seen them. And I didn't realize how short she was until I met her. <laughs> she was like eight inches shorter than I thought she was going to be. So cute. She's adorable. Um, but you know, so yeah, I'm going to go back to that. And then, and then I travel an immense amount for pleasure. And, you know, I was supposed to go to Africa in wow. okay. that got canceled 10 days right. ago because, you know, it's not going to be ready, but I'm like, where are we going? Where are we going? When's it going to open up? When am I going to have an option? Yeah. I, I hear you. Where, where's the, so you've obviously traveled quite a bit where up till now, what, what you, what was your favorite trip? Or favorite location, favorite destination. Usually I say whatever the next trip on the books is. Um, <laughs> you know, I've done some amazing things. I went to China and we actually went, they said, we're going to go see these caves in the Gobi, Gobi Desert. I'm like, oh, wow. Huh? I'm like, really? I'm going to go see like stick drawings on a cave wall. The most amazing caves. Um, they weren't caves. They were chapels carved out of the cliff and decorated with gold and um, wow. and this lapis colored painting um, paint. I mean, it was just the most exquisite thing. So, um, and I think part of what was so surprising about that, or part of the reason why I liked it so much is it was such a surprise. It so far exceeded my expectations. Um, so I loved that. I thought Cuba was one of the sexiest places I've ever been. 
Um, I loved that. Last year, I had a milestone birthday. So um, seven friends and I went to Champagne in France to drink Champagne and Champagne on my birthday. That's that's that, a very nice trip. Yeah. And that was amazing because of the people that were there. So I think, you know, there, there's a favorite moment from every trip. Of course. So you got, all right. So you got to do that, but obviously before, I guess the world oh, came yeah. crashing down. So like I come back from London because I, usually when I do trips like that, I fly on miles, which means I'm going in and out of London. So I stopped in London for a couple of days on the way home and I got back and I was like, is there coronavirus in London? I thought, oh my gosh, if I have brought this back from Europe. Um, but I was fine. So, so, so that was what, February, March? When- so that was uh, the beginning of February when I got back. Okay. Um, I went, I had to go give a speech. I had to, I got to <laughs> give a speech in San Francisco. And so I think my speaking, we'll see what happens with my speaking, but I'll probably do more in person. Um, once things open up that I think we got out of San Francisco like three days before they went into lockdown. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Unfortunately, amazing. How many of those stories I've heard of people, you know, I mean, fortunately for you, you were in the country. I've heard, you know, I've gotten people telling me they were a day away from not getting out of Peru or, you know, just wherever in the world. And uh, yeah, yeah. But we had a friend of the family who, was living in England and wasn't allowed to fly back into the U S right. And so flew to Canada and chartered a plane to bring him from Canada to the U S which is just nuts. Yes. All he wanted to do was get home. Get home. Yeah. And well, he was lucky that he could afford to charter the jet. Most people can't. So they're just no. stuck. So, well, you know, like I said, hopefully we're, you know, we can get some, we can all get on a plane and safely and get somewhere in the very near future. So, um, it was, it was, thank you so much. Exactly. Fingers crossed. Uh, gr- amazing to speak with you today. Really appreciate your time. You're clearly a great resource to, you know, not only your clients, but anyone who really can, you know, need your help and that of your team as we, as we're concluding, maybe if you could give us, you know, one piece of advice, uh, you know, for our audience going forward. Uh, you're going to laugh at this. There was a cartoon in the eighties that said that had a picture of a, of an elephant with turkeys on top of it. It said, don't let the turkeys get you down. And I think if nothing else, that's what this year has taught us. It's you're going to find a way it's going to be okay. Somehow, whether it's, through meditation or religion or, you know, scrolling through Facebook, whatever you do that, that relieves your stress and, and centers you and grounds you do that. And, and, and don't let the stress of all of this build up. Phenomenal advice. That's, that's how, you know, great ending. Um, you know, I, I, I will remember that. And I, you know, that's, like I said, great advice to all people who are watching, you know, everyone take a breath and uh, we'll be, we'll all get through this. Brooke, it was amazing. Like I said, amazing to have you here today. Just a ton of great advice and thoughts for people. 
look forward to uh, staying in touch with you and, you know, good luck uh, here in 2021. Awesome. Same to you. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Brooke. Uh, Thank you everyone for being here at another episode of Money Talks. Uh, Remember when you get a chance to like and subscribe on our YouTube channel, we'll be back with another episode next week. Again, this is Hugh Meyer and this is Money Talks. Take care.